Hey everyone, welcome to the Get Real Podcast. We're so excited that you're with us. Each and every week, we're going to open up God's Word. We're going to have some discussion around what it means to live an intentional life. So let's listen in as we try to get real together. Hi everyone, welcome to the Get Real Podcast. My name is Brandon Gindon. I am the senior pastor at Real Life Ministries Texas in Tomball, Texas, and I'm here with my good friend and ministry partner, Lori Arnold. Hey, y'all. It's great to have everyone here. We have been in our uh, podcast series about living intentionally and what it means to be an intentional disciple maker. And in the last couple of weeks, we've covered the topics um, of what the, the, the role that the Holy Spirit plays in this living uh, out and being an intentional disciple maker and how important following the Holy Spirit's guidance in our lives and how critical that is to being an intentional disciple maker. And last week, we had the fun conversation that Lori loves uh, <laughs> around listening well and and how important listening and asking questions in when we're discipling someone, when we're just in relationship and how important that is. And uh, this week, we're going to be tackling one of my favorites, and that's the developing potential in others. Yes. I'm, I'm so passionate about this and love um, to see potential and develop potential in people. And I know on this topic, it's, um, it's probably something that has changed my life more than any other topic because someone saw something in me mm. and poured into me. And I've had mentors that, that were intentional in my life. I've been blessed to have been discipled by several different guys in ministry. And, and it's been important. I know Lori, for you, um, you are a great developer of potential. I've watched it over the years in ministry, and you raise people up and develop them. And so maybe let's just start today, kind of why this topic, I know that you're passionate about it as well, and just um, give us some perspective that you have. Well, thanks for that. I love it too. I think this is my favorite thing to talk about, like seriously, I'm not yeah. being sarcastic at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. There's, it. It's great to see the the fruit you know, and we don't always get to do that. And so I love, I work with students right now with the worship team, the student worship team. And that is one of my favorite places just because I get to see where they started and where they're at now. And I I can't wait to see what all God's going to do with people. And it's just great. Yeah. I, sometimes people have teased me over the years because like I think of a topic like fly fishing, like, you know, that I love to fly fish. I love the <laughs> yes, outdoors. I, I love hunting, fishing, all of it. And over the years, you know, I've taken people, you and mm-hmm. I've been fly fishing, some <laughs> of the staff and being able to teach a new skill. And, and I love when somebody, I'll take them fishing and they'll say, well, I've never been, I've never done this. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I don't even, they don't even know if they like it. I remember you saying you saying to me, I don't know that I like the outdoors. I don't even like walking on grass. Don't. Like, yeah. Just that Idaho grass. They got good grass. <laughs> <laughs> and being able to to go out into the outdoors and um enjoy God's creation and and um it, it's it's awesome to me to take somebody that has never experienced something like like fly fishing and, mm. and just enjoy the outdoors and then teaching them the skill and seeing something in them that they didn't know that they could do yeah. and then developing that. Yeah. And and I remember when you and I first uh, went out and I was showing you, I mean, how to cast and mm. how to read the water and where it needs to go. And, and 
for those that are listening to this, <laughs> Lori, when she would cast, <clears throat> had a little flaw in her cast and would continue to snap the line and kept losing flies. I have no idea how many new flies I had to tie uh, on to her line to help her. Um, it was hilarious. But then I also got to see her catch her first fish and, yeah. and how awesome that was and to start to, to develop the skill. And that to me is just so great. And when we look in the, in the church and, and like you were saying, invest in our, the people around us to see yeah. things in them that they didn't see. And I can't help but think about, I mean, when Jesus looked at the 12 and these guys that had, had no idea or concept about what it meant to be a fisher of men, mm-hmm. they knew their world. Like, yeah, we're professional fishermen. Yeah. We know what this looks like. And Jesus saw something in them. God sees things in us that we we just don't see. Um, um, sometimes the world tries to squash it or tell us that we can't do that or or what whatever the different things along in life. But being able to see the potential that that God sees in someone and be able to speak that in and be able to to start pulling that out in them. Um, it's just kind of like back to the fly fishing story. I knew that with some reps <laughs> and practice that Lori Arnold could catch a fish and, and the, the excitement that comes out of that oh, yeah. and, and how cool that was. And so I think that first principle that we have to start with, you know, we, we create this, you know, an, an, kind of an attitude or a mindset within, within the church or those that we disciple or, or within our home um, with our kids um, mm. that we want to see what God sees. Right. Um, to pray and ask God to show us that we see in people that that potential that they could have. Yes. So Lori, when we look at this first principle of developing potential, yeah. seeing what God sees, you've developed, you've invested in a lot of people. Um, it's it's just been really fun to watch. Um, you're a great mom. I watch you invest in your kids, um, your volunteers. I'm investing in them. And so that principle, you do, you see what God sees. I've, I've, I've had these conversations with you about it. Um, so talk to me about that, like seeing what God sees in people and how important that is for us to live intentionally and make yeah. disciples. Yeah. So we got to look up. Can't, mm-hmm. can't be so focused on what we're doing and our own world. Got to look up and around us. And because there's, there's potential all over the place, right. you know, there's people all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's just something that stood out to me. Even as you were talking, I thought about that and just looking up and being aware, you know, open your eyes, be aware because the people are around you and they're, they're waiting and, and ready even when they don't know that they are. Mm. So one of the things that I do is I'm constantly looking for the next person that I could be discipling. I'm looking around for who, who, who can I invite into my life? Who can I take with me? So rather than, I mean, the, that principle of, because I know we get into this where we put our, kind of put our nose down yes. and go to work yeah. and we get busy doing the tasks yep. and just plowing through whatever's right. going on in life. What you're saying is a principle to see what God sees is you, you got to lift your eyes up exactly and look around and not, and, and not be caught so much in the day-to-day grind yeah. of life and, and to look up is what you're saying. Yeah, Absolutely. There was um, one of my students, um, I call them mine. They're not really mine, but I love them so much. (laughs) But in the student worship team that we have here, um, when she first started, she was in tech. 
And that's all she wanted to do. She's a very behind the scenes kind of girl. And one day she did, she came to me and she said, Miss Laura, you want to sing? I said, what? Miss <laughs> Laura, you want to sing? I want to try singing. And I said, what? And um, she said, Miss Lori, I want to try singing. Mm. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, let's try it. And that first day, you could not hear a word that came out of her mouth in that microphone. We turned it all the way up, <laughs> muted everything else, and you still couldn't hear her voice. Mm. But I knew that that was something that she had on her heart. And I said, okay, we're going to keep trying at this. So I kept giving her stuff to sing, not to lead, but to sing. Mm. And just even in as a background vocalist. And she leads songs now. Yeah. And it's amazing. She yeah. leads songs and lifts her hands and worships the Lord freely. And it's beautiful. And had I not just, you know, pressed into that and really tried to help develop her, um, she would not be where she is today. Yeah. You know, and that's just one example. But once again, I was available. I didn't shut her down right away, you know, because um, I could have, right. you know, well, no, nope, you're not ready. And, you know. Yeah, you could have you could have been stuck in your day going, I've got all these lists of things to do. I've got to knock all these things out and and said, Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it and yeah. missed it. And I think an important part to kind of interject in there is you created an environment or a, or a little bit of a culture where she felt like she could even ask you yeah. and come to you. And so because you what you talked about earlier, you kind of lift your eyes mm-hmm. and it's not stuck you know, down, just knocking out the tasks, you're looking around, you're yeah. seeing what God sees, you're paying attention to there might be something here. I need yes. to provide that opportunity because I want to develop potential. Right. Right. It's so good. So, so go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, so I know that one of the things, um, one of the principles that's important too, as we are living this life out and, and developing others, developing potential, um, in order to see what God sees, we've got to, we're looking for something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we identify those gifts that people have? Like if they don't just come up to us like she did, like she came up to me and asked me, you know, hey, Miss Lori, I want to sing. Um, how are we, how do we identify those gifts? What does that look like for you? That's a great question. I, you know, the analogy that I would make is because I understand coaching, I understand sports, I understand that sometimes better than um, even the church sometimes mm-hmm. is when we look at and, and we're watching for it, our heads up, we're looking for the potential in people, we're seeing what God sees, we start to identify it like, like on a football team. Yeah. If, if I have a kid in a position that he, he's not succeeding, he's not built athletically for it, he mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the size or maybe, you know, he's just how God made his body is not fit for that position. You don't put a little tiny skinny kid at, at a lineman position, yeah. right? Like that's not going to, no matter how much he wants to play that position, right. it's not best for him. And so scripture tells us to, to identify you know, that he gave us as leaders in the church in Ephesians chapter four about identifying so that we can develop them for works of service. So how we do it is we, I think first is pay attention to what are the things that you're already seeing in them? Right. You already saw this, this young lady was already in your area of ministry. She was passionate, obviously about something to do with the ministry. She was drawn into that area. So I think looking at where do they naturally already kind of gravitate to? What 
what do they talk about? What are they passionate about? And yeah. start to identify, oh, this person cares about doing this. This person's really good at sitting one-on-one -on -one with people. Oh, this right. person is a good speaker. They were given opportunity when they, when they talk. They're a good storyteller or whatever that I'm already starting to see in their life. Identify it and go, oh, can I develop that further in yeah. them? It's good. So I think it's finding the places where they already are passionate. They have some passion for. Mm -hmm. I think it's it it's when we look up and we see we in them that I think that's that principle of how do I identify is is you got to be looking and yeah. you look up and see it and where are they passionate? Where are they gravitating? Because I mean the scripture describes us as being a body. Yeah. Right. So you know, the ear is not going to act like the foot, right? Right. They, they, it doesn't work that way. And I think a, a, maybe a third part of that is I try to pay attention to um, wh what is the world, like as I get to know a person and, and talk with them and <clears throat> what is, what have they believed often that isn't true? Mm. That the world has told them they can't do this. Mm. The church hasn't ever allowed them to do. I mean, how many times do you and I come across people here in our church that have been in the church for years? Yeah, they've never. And they've done, never got yeah. an opportunity to be involved. It's true. They're they're, they're not allowed to, or they're not they're not asked to. There yeah. isn't a place for them to play. Mm -hmm. So there is no way to identify. There's no game. They've just sat in the stands. They've never been out on the field to even identify. So you have to. In order to identify it, you got to look up, you got to see it, you got to see their passions yeah. and then start to give them a place to play. Absolutely. And so I know for you that if, if I was to go, what is Lori most passionate about? <laughs> of course, your, your gift to sing and lead and worship is, is so great, but I would put this like one A. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> is giving people a place to play. It's true. It's almost to a fault because I know that <laughs> there've been times like, I'm the worship director here, and I'm typically expected to sing the majority of the songs, but I'll give them all away. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not because I don't enjoy singing, mm -hmm. and it, it's because I want other people to have a shot. Yeah. You know, I want them to be able to get to do it too. Sure. So um, I have to kind of rein it in sometimes and remember what I'm here for yeah. <laughs> besides just that, you know. But yeah, it's definitely one of my passions. I love it. Yeah, I have had to, now that you said that, I've thought about, I have had to tell you, yeah. Lori, it's okay to sing. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you can lead that. It's yeah. Yeah. That's so good. When, when you think about the, the landscape kind of of the ministry that you're leading just in a, in a general sense, mm -hmm. how do you create those places to play? How do you, right. You look at it and go, I mean, that's a, that's a principle we've held to in the church. E even for me with my kids, I try to give them opportunities to do things, to grow and learn. Right. When you look at the ministry, the area that you are, or whether it be in a small group or in, um, uh, within the worship yeah. arts area, how do you create those places to play? Yeah. Well, I look at what I'm doing already and I look at what I can give away, what I can release to other people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there's tons of stuff, Right. you know, and if we're talking about a worship service, I can look at, mm, even praying after the set's over, do I have to pray every time? No, I don't. I can ask somebody else to pray at the end of it. Right. Who cares that I sang the song before? Right. You know, they can pray. And that's that's giving somebody a place to play that is also not as scary for them. Sometimes, some people, that is a scary place, you know. But I, once again, like knowing my people, I know what they're capable of. And 
So I know, hey, I can put this person at the end of the set and she's able to she's able to pray at the end or he's able to pray um, or doing the welcome, having different people do the welcome, um, having somebody try something that like in the sound booth, maybe, you know, they're able to help out with scheduling people or whatever it may be. But there's lots of different there's still places to play. Like I just mentioned one right now that I could totally you know, hey, I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> you know, are you somebody soliciting can, volunteers? Just, hey, you know, I, you know, shameless plug. No, I'm just kidding. But there, 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 you just, I got to look at the things that I'm doing already. Right. Because it's not about me at the end of the day. That's right. So if I'm able to give up some of the things that I do and my favorite, favorite thing of all is when somebody's able to have the time to spend with me. I have one person that recently, she knows how to do my whole job now because mm-hmm. we've spent time together every single Wednesday for two hours and I've shown her every single thing that I do. Right. And so praise God that I'm able to go and and spend time with the Lord and rest on a sabbatical because I have somebody and a team that's able to do the things and I don't, I'm not even... It's not necessary that I'm there. Right. I like to be here. Yeah. I, I still like my job. Sure. But, you know, there's so much freedom in that. And it's encouraging to yeah. see the growth in other people. And this is what we're doing it for. Right. It's a reproducible process. This is the goal right. is that reproducible process. Right. There, There's so many great things in what you said. I want to go back and grab a couple of them okay. because it's so important. First, you said it because this is who you are. You said, I have to know them. And then you just kept going. That oh. <laughs> that part, it's so good, is you have to know them. Yeah, true. Like, which if you go all the way back at the beginning about seeing what God sees, you created that culture to where that young that young lady could come up to you and talk to you. Yeah. You're not the superstar on the stage that no one can come talk to. Right. She came and felt like she could ask you and say, can it, right? So you, and you knew her well enough yeah. to give her that opportunity. right. right. And which ties to the principle of disciple making that is so critical that we have to get our minds around. It's not about us. Amen. It's not about Brandon Gindon. It's not about Lori Arnold. This is about King Jesus. Absolutely. And disciple making is not about us teaching them everything that we know. Yeah. So that we get to credit for it and right. they're dependent on us and they lean on us. Right. right. When you go to the scripture, Ephesians chapter four, and you go into verse 11 and, and, and the scripture says that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip, to yes. equip the saints for the works of service. So when you even think about that, he gave gifts mm-hmm. to individuals in the church yeah. to give away, Amen. right? To develop people for yeah. the works of service of the church. And when you really get into the heart of it, when Jesus called us, come follow me and you'll be a fisher of men. Mm-hmm. The whole point is, is our job is to go out to to catch people, to develop people, to raise them up to be who God gifted them to be in the church. Right, right. And so, when I go back to some of those things that you said, you knew them, you you know your people, you know who they are, and and you see them. And if we don't have that that relational component, yeah, then it falls. It 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 doesn't happen. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the things that we talk about in this whole deal of intentional living. Mm-hmm. Relationship is critical in this process. Right. If you don't have relationship, right, how can you ever know what the potential of someone is? Yeah. Right. And I think about that in a football analogy. If I, if I'm coaching a kid and I don't, I, I don't know him. 
I, I haven't watched them. I haven't spent time with them. How in the world could I ever decide and help them be better at their position? Right. I just, you, you can't, or it's very limited. And, and so I want to, I want to make a switch right there okay. a little bit. Because when we start to invest and develop people, the absolute guarantee is that people are going to make mistakes. Oh, yes. They're going to drop the ball. They're <laughs> oh, going to yeah. struggle. There, there's going to be mistakes, yeah. right? And if it's about us, then their mistake is a reflection of us and we freak out and then right. we say, well, we can't put anybody in. We can't let them volunteer. We can't whatever because it makes us look bad. Or we, yeah. if we're just honest and, 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 and if it's about us, yeah. then we fear mistakes. Yeah. So in your area of ministry, you've seen it. You've had people make mistakes, <laughs> yeah. right? You've even been able to come in and laugh about it and yeah. go, wow. And so maybe talk about that. Like, how have you helped, you know, and embracing those, embracing those mistakes and, and the impact that that's had in, in discipling people? Yeah. So one of my weaknesses is actually that I've struggled with the approval of man for much of my life, just mm-hmm. people pleasing. Yeah. And so this was a really hard one, especially when I took on this role, because I wanted everything to be right and perfect. And I wanted to make sure I said all the right things. And anybody that I gave a place to play would say and do the right things as well. I was concerned, just as concerned for them as I was for me, because of what it might look like. And even just this past Sunday, I mean, there's always something, (laughs) whether it's me or somebody else, you know, we're people, we're going to make mistakes, but that's how we grow. Right. That's how we grow. Mm -hmm. And especially from with what I do, I, I would get real scared because it's on a stage. Right. <laughs> so not only is it on a stage, but there's a live stream going on too, you right. know? So I'm feeling like all these people are seeing this and I had to give myself permission to mess up. Right. And I also had to give my team permission to mess up Sure. because it's going to happen, whether yeah. it's me or them, it's going to happen at some point. And right. just as it happened this past week, you know, I was able to go to the person and say, hey, heads up, you mm-hmm. know, um, I noticed that you said this. We might need to, we have to be very careful with our words, especially from sure, the stage. Sure. And so, yes, we still want truth out there. You know, we still want to make sure that we are honoring to God, but people are going to mess up. Right. And so I'm going to ask everybody right now just for grace for that, you know, because even though we're leaders in the church, we still need that same grace and we, we, we will show it to others as well because we're going to mess up y'all. Right. And, and so are you. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I've heard it in the church, you know, I've heard other ministries, I've heard people I've interacted with over the years that, well, we, we have to have excellence, you know, it has to be excellent. I, I think you can be excellent and still be human. Absolutely. And that mistakes happen and that part of the culture and living intentionally is, is actually, it's not about perfection. Right. How did we ever, I, I think you get into this mindset that has to be perfect. Yeah. It, it's, ne- it's never going to be. It's human. Yeah. And so I, I think we can still strive to do things excellently. Absolutely. As if we do it for the Lord, but mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be perfect. Absolutely. I think this, the final piece I want to get in today for us to, to include in this developing potential, you had mentioned it. Um, a moment ago, is the principle of taking someone with you. Mm-hmm. They have to see it. Yeah. I, I, you know, we've been to different conferences together and, mm-hmm. and and met with pastors. And all. one of the most common things I ever hear pastors say, not just Christians in the church, but mm-hmm. pastors say to me, well, I don't know how to make a disciple because I've never been discipled. Mm-hmm. If we don't know how or what it looks like, 
we have to understand the principle. You have to take them with you. Yeah. They have to walk alongside and watch you do this. Back to fly fishing. When when you were standing next to me in the river and we're learning, right? Yeah. I was showing you first, then having you do that. You were I took you with me right. and was showing you how. And and you were watching and learning. That same principle exists. Jesus said, Come follow me. They were close to him. They watched him. He took them with him. Yeah. So when we live intentionally and disciple people, we have to understand you got to take them with you. They've got to be in proximity to you or we won't ever be able to identify their gifts. We can't see what God sees if you're not with them. You're not going to make a disciple through Facebook. Yeah. Right? (laughs) That's not how it works. And so that idea of maybe just just real briefly, how God's kind of worked in that in your life and taking some, why that's been so... Um, important to you. I know yeah. those you're discipling right now that you take them with you. Why yes. that's so important? Absolutely. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Just it builds trust and it builds that relationship. You know, you're not going to be able to have, um, be able to pour into somebody's life without having some type of relational equity with the person. It's going to be a lot harder for them to to receive whatever it is that you have to say and just to have a a, a trustworthy conversation even, sure. you know, and to be able to open up. And so taking someone with you can look like, you know, Hey, I'm, I, I've done it once. I'm going shopping for my kids. Right. Can you, do you want to ride with me to the mall? Do yeah. you just want to go with me? Sure. So I don't have to know everything. I don't have to know all the Bible, all the scriptures. I don't have to have a degree. I don't have to, you know, be a pastor or be a worship leader or director. I can simply take someone with me and share my life with them. Right. I can go to coffee with them. Right. I can go to breakfast or lunch or whatever, a football game. Right. You know, um, I talk about it all the time. I've got three kids. They've got stuff, yeah. you know, right. <laughs> invite them to the stuff right. or go with them to theirs. You know, we've got to spend time with one another or else we're not going to cultivate a relationship where anything worthwhile is happening. Oh, that's so good. That's you're right. We ha- we have to know them. And it's it is. It's those times in the car. And I can only imagine what it was like all the all the things that the disciples experienced just walking Jesus. along the road with Jesus. Ooh. You know, I, <laughs> I think that's why John says all the books couldn't contain it, right? Yeah. It's just of all the conversations that they had. And and that principle has to exist. If we're going to develop potential in people, whether it be our family members, our friends, those in our church, if you lead a ministry in our ministries, yeah. in our churches, to develop potential, we've got to know people. We've right. got to spend time with them. Relationship is that glue. Yeah. So. Well, this was um, good stuff, Lori, and um, just glad that everybody could join us today on the Get Real podcast, and uh, we look forward to, to next week. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Get Real podcast today. My hope each and every week is that you're able to take the content, apply it to your life, that it becomes more of who you are and less of what you do, and that we live an intentional life together. If you're interested in supporting the work of ministry here at Real Life Texas, we'd like to invite you to do that by going to reallifetexas.org slash give and supporting us today.